Hey everybody, welcome to Standing on the Promises podcast. My name is Valerie Nixon. And I'm Jason Nixon. Good to have Jason back with us as we talk about this very important episode, I believe is probably going to be the most important episode of our podcast. It's talking about salvation. And what salvation means is, would you like to take this part over? Because you're probably better at explaining what salvation is. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? What does salvation mean to you? I guess we could go through that. But salvation <laughs> is putting it the easiest way is putting your hope and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The fact that He died. Um, we just celebrated Easter yesterday, so He died. He rose again on the third day, and uh, He died for our sins. And putting our faith and trust in him, realizing that we're sinners. Uh, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, it doesn't end there. It says the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life. And that's what salvation is. is accepting that free gift that Jesus offered on the cross. And accepting it, putting our faith and trust in him. And... Uh, uh, the Bible also says, "Who um, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so that's what salvation is, in a nutshell. Amen. That was a very good explanation. I actually put you on the spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the fly. That wasn't on the script. <laughs> I saw your face. I was like, uh, just like you said. But I very much agree with that definition and wouldn't add much to it, except for me, salvation means that... Um, Jesus, you know, God is fulfilling his promise, his ultimate promise. He is, he has come in the flesh to fulfill the scriptures in the Old Testament of how basically he was going to bail us out of this whole thing. Right. right? The, the Bible <laughs> says that he was a lamb's, uh, a lamb chosen before the foundation of the world. So he was already chosen to be slain before the foundation of the world. Yep. Amen. And, uh, I guess we can start off by kind of just saying our own uh, when we were saved. Um, I know that I was saved at the age of 12. What about you? Eight. Eight. That's what. That's how old Nathan is right yeah. now. Yeah. So I was... How much time we got? <laughs> right. Let's go through the whole backstory. The now, whole thing. <laughs> I was saved at the age of eight um, at church camp. Uh, mm. We went to Heartland. Heartland oh, Church Heartland. Camp. I love Heartland, the show. <laughs> uh, up in the Sierra Nevadas in California. And um, so we went there and I accepted the Lord one night. Uh, Brother Larry Woolley, um, a dear, dear friend of our family, he led me to the Lord. Um, our pastor at the time was Brother Art and he was praying with somebody else. So Brother Larry led me to the Lord. And so I just, we were just at the altar call and I just felt the Holy Spirit telling me to go forward and, and accept him as Savior. And so I did. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Typical I... Christian pastor's kids <laughs> salvation story. So. <laughs> well, hey, the important thing is, is you were saved. Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter? All the stuff in between, because I'm sure if you're just like everybody else, just because you're saved doesn't mean that you're free from 
Yeah. All the in-between of what happened since eight years old till right now. Till 36. Yeah. Almost 30 years ago. Yeah, and it just, you know, <laughs> life happens in between, but that's the Holy Spirit is working in us. He's alive. He's <coughs> constantly convicting us. He's constantly working because our flesh is flesh, I right. guess. It's just sinful, and it falls back into that nature. But I was saved when I was 12, right before preteen age. And um, I was actually saved in the front yard of my best friend's house (laughs) by my best friend's brother, Andrew. He was a very um, influential part in my mind and my best friend's life. He was a uh, Christian churchgoer. Very regularly, he was um, a devoted Christian. At the age of, like, he was a teenager, and he was always going to church no matter what. I mean, the guy had perfect attendance throughout his whole school career, so it's he's very uh, dedicated. (laughs) He has this very dedicated personality. But, yeah, he sat us down in the front yard one day and shared the gospel with us and told us, um, basically, if you want to be saved and you want to go to heaven, you just have to ask Jesus into your heart and we can pray. And we did my, me and my friend, we were like, okay, let's do this. I don't think that I understood the full weight of that, but I knew that I wanted to do it because I just felt like I needed to. And I, yeah, yeah, I think that you don't really understand the full weight or the full understanding of salvation. Yeah. Um, it's okay if you were one of those people, because I was. I was scared to go to hell. I didn't want to go to hell. Yeah, basically I mean, that's selfish, what reminds Selfish me. reason I didn't want to go to hell. And, and uh, you know, it's not until you you learn, you start reading the word and you, you have a mentor who mentors you that you kind of start to understand the full meaning of salvation. But it's okay if you're sitting there like, well, I don't want to go to hell. Like, okay, then that's a great reason to ask Jesus into your heart. Right. Because you don't go to hell because you're a bad person. You go to hell because you didn't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. And you cannot. The Bible tells us in uh, in uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 that it says, For by grace are we saved through faith. Ask not of ourselves. It's a gift to God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So just because you're a good person, just because you do things and you give uh, money to the poor or you feed the poor or you donate to all these good charities, that means nothing. Because the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags compared Mm -hmm. to God. And so um, the only way to not go to hell is to accept him as your savior. And that's a perfectly good reason to accept him as your savior so you don't go to hell. Yep. Yeah. And that was what happened that day. And thank God that that happened that day. And thank God for my best friend and her brother. And, how old was uh, Andrew at the time? Andrew, he is well, how old he was probably he? Yeah. 17 when we were 12 because he's, I think, five years old. I mean, how many, honestly, like, yeah. Andrew, I've met, I've met Andrew, and Andrew's <laughs> a really great guy. He's a really godly guy. And I thank him. Um, for leading Val to the Lord, but how many 17-year-olds do you know that are going to take the time and say, I'm worried about your spiritual condition? Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. He has an amazing story. I I love his story. Um, I wish I had his phone number, or I guess I can ask my best friend, like, hey, hook me up with his number, his digits, because his testimony is amazing. His 
his what he's come from you know what they've gone through um as children and and stuff like that i just uh as a witness to um you know how we how we all grew up is a lot different than how you grew up mm-hmm. and what you have witnessed i guess but it's it's some something that has i gave met, gave us interesting conversation because as christians at a younger age um you sort of went one way and <coughs> i sort of went the other way based upon our family influences right. because our families are two totally different families we come from totally different backgrounds um you know as you know we are an interracial couple so i mean it was eventually it was destined to be totally different backgrounds right. you know i had the chancla you had probably the belt or whatever but you know, it's crazy. You have whatever your was in reach of your mom's heart. <laughs> Pretty much the phone, the remote, whatever. So, um, yeah, I I love how the Lord can use all of that and spin it to be such a wonderful testimony to His glory mm-hmm. and to His purpose. Because what happened when you were eight and what happened when I was twelve is completely different, but it brought us both to this day to this podcast, right. to this message. And it's beautiful, really. Right. And one of the cool thing is, cool things is, is when you're becoming a, a parent and you get to lead your child to the Lord, like we did with Nathan, we got to be there when he accepted Christ. It's mm-hmm. it's just an amazing, amazing feeling as a parent. I know, you want to call everybody. Yeah. Like, wherever we call and your he's parents. So, he's and... so bashful and he doesn't, <laughs> He's so bashful that he doesn't want people to know because he doesn't like the spotlight on him. But you just want to be like, my kid accepted Jesus. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Right? Like, we're going to heaven. (laughs) So, yeah. And I know I still have family members. And, you know, I know you have uh, some some family and friends and whatnot that may, uh, you know, need that nudge, that Holy Spirit nudge to ask the Lord in their hearts and we pray for them all the time. We're always praying. We're always thinking about them because that's what God puts on your heart when you are a Christian. You know, the Jesus commanded his disciples to go out and share the, spread the word, spread the gospel to the ends of the earth because ultimately that's what God wants is everybody he wants to all of his creation he wants to you know um be with eventually and he that's why he gave us the word was to go out and spread the gospel right and one of the cool things is is everybody has a story everybody has their salvation story and the great thing is is you don't have to be in church Mm -hmm. you could don't have to be at uh um vacation bible school or church camp you know, Val got saved in, in Angela's front yard. <laughs> My best friend, Dustin, was about to open up or start smoking crack. And uh, he got a, a ring on the doorbell from some Jehovah Witnesses that uh, got him to thinking and started reading his Bible and was saved um, then. So, I mean, it's it's... Everybody has an amazing story and every, I mean, you may not know much about the Bible, but you know your story and your story about how Jesus changed your life through salvation is the most impactful thing that you could have um, when sharing the gospel with somebody. Yeah. Amen. And 
I love the the reasons and the promises that God gives us for salvation. The whole story in a nutshell <coughs> is that, you know, he he knew that we were going to mess up. He knew humanity was going to mess up time and time and again, but he still gives us the opportunity. He still gives us the in, as you can say, to the big party. I mean, right. the big show. <laughs> he still gives us that opportunity. And with salvation, it, it leads to our first point we have here, and that's freedom. Yeah. Uh, freedom from your sin and freedom from your shame. Um, John 8.32, you got that? Yeah. John 8.32 says, let's see. It says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Right. I think the King James Version says it uh, better. It says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Yeah. That's uh, when you, I mean, they're both correct. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at it and say the truth sets you free, you know, mm-hmm. it's setting you free from that bondage of sin, that bondage of um, shame and guilt and um, all those things that sets you free from that. And that's what's beautiful about the gospel and how it can change lives. Yeah. And I mean, so as I was thinking about this, and it's unusual to use John eight thirty two in a salvation uh, scripture, I guess. Cause I haven't, <laughs> right, cause I haven't you go heard to Romans. it. Yeah, you go you to know, Romans. Romans. You go to, and I haven't heard that before. But what I was studying on and what the Holy Spirit was actually leading me to with this whole scripture with John eight thirty two is, um, I even wrote it down. It says, "Truth, what is truth?" And I wrote, "Jesus, Jesus is the only way to salvation." It says he says, "I am the way, the truth, and the light." He also says, "I am the true vine." So how do we know that? You know, a lot of people are kind of confused. You know, is Jesus God? Is is you know the right. Holy Spirit? Yes, Jesus is God because we know that. How do we know that? Well, he uses I am in those scriptures and those two that I just pointed out, which is the name that God uses as his own in the Old Testament. You know, I love the fact that the word, the Bible is like a treasure map. You can go from the New Testament, connect it to something from the Old Testament just to connect it back to the New (laughs) Testament to find your way through the you know to find your way through the word is to find your way to jesus like that's the whole point of salvation is to understand accept what jesus has done for us on that cross and that's uh that's what the old testament is there for i hear a lot of times people say the old testament is outdated Mm -hmm. and all that but it the true meaning of the old testament is to point it was to point the way to the savior And that Savior was Jesus Christ. And that's what the Old Testament does. It points to Jesus Christ. It gives prophecy for Jesus to fulfill. Uh, I believe uh, on the day he died, Jesus fulfilled 48 prophecies. I think it's 48. Wow. Yeah, 48 prophecies on just the day he died. Amen. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It may be more than that, maybe less. I'm going off the top of my head and I believe it was 48. I believe it. But here's the cool thing is uh, if you turn to John chapter 4, you look at John chapter 4, he's talking to the woman at the well. We've all heard the story. She comes, you know, Jesus uh, tells his disciples, you know, um, 
we have to go through Samaria. And they're like, why are we going through Samaria? You know, that they're, they're the lowest of the low. They're, they're half-breeds. And so, but Jesus is at the well. This woman comes and he says, give me drink. And so, uh, and he tells her in verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. He's talking about physical water here. You know, you well. drink water, you're going to thirst again. Mm-hmm. But in verse 14, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall come, uh, become in him a well of water springing up to ex- eternal life. So Jesus is talking about, I'm going to give you water. You trust me. You accept me as Savior. I'm going to give you water that's going to quench your thirst of your soul. Mm-hmm. And once that's quenched, you're going to have, it's going to be like a, a well springing over with tons of water. And that's how you feel when you first get saved. You want to go and tell everybody who listens. And that's exactly what the woman at the well does. She goes and tells anybody who will listen about finding the Messiah. And so when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you feel this burden lift off of you. And you just want to tell everybody about him and tell everybody, hey, I accepted Jesus. Look what he did for me. Amen. Yes. And and that I love comes that because of that, that freedom. <laughs> yeah, it, it's freedom. Um, it's protection. It's identity. You know, we mm-hmm. are living in a world right now where identity is probably the most questionable oh, thing <laughs> in the world right now. <laughs> I know I shouldn't get you started. Right don't now, even. <laughs> I'm not saying this and I'm not bringing it up to be controversial, but I am bringing it up because it is a big big point to salvation is you have an identity in Christ. Now you don't have to be confused, you know, um, in a world that is confused right now, man, I pray for this world right now, especially because our kids are growing up in it. But, um, when we, as parents root our children in the word and they know who they are in Christ, that's the biggest gift that we can give them. The biggest inheritance, I guess we can leave to them is to teach them about Christ because he is our, um, basically, you know, in the beginning when Jesus or when God created the world and he created man, he said, let's make man in our image, mm-hmm. including, you know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the whole, in the whole equation was we were made in his image. Mm-hmm. Um, we find ourselves when we find him. And I love that because no matter who you are, no matter if you knew your parents, if you're adopted, if you were abandoned, if you are confused, um, if you've never known your father or you've never known your mother, you have an identity mm-hmm. that's in heaven right now. Amen. You have an identity and you don't have to... Um, be lost when you find and dive into that relationship with Jesus. He shows you exactly who you are and who better to show you that than the person that made you. Right. Right. And, um, I'm just going to touch on this real quick. Cause I feel the spirit's <laughs> telling me Go to ahead. touch on it. Go on. If you're listening and you're confused about whatever it is, um, your gender, your sexuality, whatever it is, look, we are not here to condemn you. We're not here to tell you you're wrong. Jesus said, I am not here to condemn this world, but to what? To save, save it. it. To so save it. 
we're not here to tell you you're wrong. We're not here to um, make you feel guilty for what, what you're going through or what you're confused about. We're just saying that your identity can be found in Christ. Yeah. And that through his salvation, through his love, through him, you can find your identity and you can have peace. Amen. And that's what the key is, is peace. And that peace that passes all understanding that's talked about in the Bible only comes from Jesus Christ. So please, please do not think that we are here to um, condemn you. you or judge you or anything. We're here to let you know that Jesus is the answer to this world. And like I said, he said himself, I'm not here to condemn you or to condemn this world, but to save it and to save you. Amen. Thank you for that. Because like, I always try to live my life, you know, without the news, without the media. And you know me, like when you have a story and I'm like, oh, please. But um, I like to live my life with the, uh, I guess, idea that my filthy rags are no more cleaner than anybody else's filthy rags. They're still filthy. So I have things in my life and I have done things in my life that I'm not proud of and I was confused about. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever, 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 ever want anybody to feel that I'm judging them or that I am trying to um, steer them into a way that I think their life should go. Like that's not what I'm here for and that's not what this podcast is here for. We are just trying to submit ourselves and be obedient to the word and to the Lord's calling that, you know, he's placed on our heart to talk about him. Basically everything will always point back to him. And here's something I just want you to think about. You know, we've all told lies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a liar. Val's a liar. We've all taken something that's not ours. So we're thieves. We've all, you know, so that makes us a thief. So we're a thieving liar. Um, But that's not any different than anybody else's sin. And basically what Jesus did on the cross is look at it like this. You're standing before a judge and the judge says you're guilty. You're guilty of um, being a thieving liar. You're guilty. And the punishment for that is eternal separation from God, which is death. That's what death means, eternal separation from God. But someone stands up and says, you know what? I'll pay that price. I will take upon uh, their thieving liars. I will go to jail. I will take that eternal separation from God, that punishment, and I'll take it. And that's what Jesus did on the cross is he took our sins. He paid the sacrifice for our sins. He paid it with his blood. And all we have to do is accept that free gift that... Uh, Jesus has offered before the judge, which is the one, the holy God. Amen. It's kind of like that one movie with Jennifer Lawrence. What was that called? The, I don't remember. The whatever where she's like, she, oh, she uh, took the place of her sister. Oh, yeah. The Hunger Games? Yeah. A the tribute. Hunger Games, yeah. The she tribute. took the place. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, you know, salvation also carries the um, promise of purpose, inheritance, uh, righteousness, help, um, <coughs> worth, rescue, truth. We talked about truth, light, security, and hope. Amen. That hope. 
Yeah. That hope is... <laughs> Everything. The, the, this world is so hopeless. Right, and that leads and, me into Psalm 12. Um, if you read Psalm 12, it's pretty much the way that uh, I feel living in the world right now where it um, may seem dark and may seem hopeless. Um, Psalm 12, it says, uh, Help, Lord, for the godly man seizes, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things who have said, With our tongues we will prevail. I mean, that's a lot of the ways that the world's living right now. Um, our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Mm-hmm. How proud these people are, right? And that's not too far cry of what people are saying out now um, in this world where they think that they're the, the Lord of their lives. It says, for the, op- for the oppression of the poor, for the siding of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The word, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, um, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. It's like even among the dirty, dirtiness of this world, even among the hardships in this world, the Lord's word is exalted the lord will win the lord has won so i mean satan is out there running around rampant right now because he pretty much knows he's already lost i mean he knows he's lost and he's just trying to mess things up right before jesus comes back and i truly believe uh, I hear this a lot at church from my ladies, and I love my ladies in my group. They're, uh, I belong in the uh, women's group that's age group 60 to 70 years old. <laughs> I have happily joined that group. I love them to death. And they say, I get a lot of wisdom from them, and I get a lot of um, encouragement from them too. But they say we're in the birthing pains right now. We are in the birthing pains of when Jesus is coming back. And I truly believe that because what's going on right now, if you read the word, if you're in the word, it has already been prophesied. It has already been said. Nobody knows the hour or the day he's going to return. That's why it's so important for people to hear the, the gospel the and, and receive that power right. of uh, salvation. And uh, like we said, um, Accepting Christ as your Savior. Um, this is the last, I think the last point that I, I want to cover, if Val has anything after this. But um, that brings eternal life with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting there today and you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, man, but I've messed up since I've been saved. You know, I've done this, I've done that. How do I know that I'm still saved? Well, guess what? Jesus answers that in the book of John, in John chapter 10. Verse 25, he says, Jesus answered them, I told, I've told you and, you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. He's talking about people that are lost. Mm. And he says, my sheep, his sheep, the saved, the ones that are saved, that I accepted him as Savior, hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. 
and I give them eternal life. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that second, that millisecond that you accept him as Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You will have eternal life with Jesus Christ. And I give you eternal life and I give eternal life to them and they shall never perish. That means eternal separation from God. But here's the key point. And no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Amen. So when you accept Jesus Christ, look at it like this. He puts his hands around you and he, you know, put your hands together and make that tight grip. And you try pulling them apart. You can't do it. Nobody can do it. It's tight. And that's what Jesus does. When we accept him as Savior, he puts his hands around us and he grips us and he grips us and nobody can snatch that. Nobody can open that. You are saved for eternity. No matter what anybody tells you, Jesus said himself, you are mine and no one can take you away from me. And that leads me real quickly into Romans chapter 8, which I think is the most beautiful verse. To me, it's my favorite verse in the Bible. And it's so beautiful. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 36, says, Just as it is written, actually, let's go up to 35. 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it, as it is written, for, that, uh, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered but in all things we have uh we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us so all those things we conquer through jesus christ only through jesus christ because he loved us going on in verse 38 for i am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no matter what, nothing can separate us from the love of God. You know, even, I believe he's talking to not just the saved, but the unsaved as well. Because, and I say that because, um, nothing you do before you're saved can still separate you from the love of God. That love of God is still there. Mm-hmm. Now, you, like I said before earlier in the podcast, the only reason someone goes to hell is because they deny Christ as their Savior. That is the only reason. Only reason. Um, yeah, you sin. Yeah, you do bad things. But if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's the only reason you don't go to hell. So that love of God, that love of Jesus Christ is still there when you're unsaved. Mm-hmm. But you experience it when you accept him as your Savior. That's when you experience the love. You know, I love my wife. I love my kids. That love is always going to be there. But they experience experience that love when I show them that I love them, when I do things for them, when I tell them I love them, when I make it clear that I love them through the bad times, through the things they do wrong, I still love them. And that's exactly what experiencing salvation and the love of God is. Amen. Man, you brought that one. And, you know, you think about how... Um, people who are in prison, you hear all the time 
that they go to prison and, you know, most of them are, are, they have this story while they're in prison that they, they're saved, Mm -hmm. you know, and Jesus himself, while he was here doing his ministry on earth, he said he didn't come for the righteous. He can't, he didn't come for the rich, for the people who um, are high in status. He came for the poor. He came for the sick. He came for the unsaved because mm-hmm. he loves us. He came for the entire world. And, yeah, and the entire world. <coughs> and it's like, I love that because um, a lot of what the influencers, you know, the, the mm-hmm. global ministries that Jason and I um, are part of, they have a, pr- a prison ministry where they have people who go into the prisons around the country and around, you know, I don't know if they've gone through around the globe, but um, I know for a fact they go through the prisons around the country just preaching and sharing the gospel and sharing the hope of salvation. And a lot of these people are saved. Mm-hmm. Amen. They're saved. And then they start in 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 their prison. They start a ministry. They start um, a, a gospel time, mm-hmm. you know, a, a church time in their prison. And a lot of these men are really legit changed. And I believe that that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of Jesus. Um, he, Who was he promised that? all that. Remember that documentary we watched on Netflix about the girl that um, murdered that guy, shot and killed him? Um, and she was, she was like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And she was out prostituting herself. And she says it was self-defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, she, she got convicted to have, um, to, um, life in prison. Yeah. And, um, life in prison, I think with the possibility of parole, I don't, I can't, but I think anyways, she was on the death, she was on death row first. And she then... found Christ in the prison. Mm-hmm. She cleaned up her life. She got her GED. She got her AA and she was taking this this class um a law class with somebody and he recognized the name on there and the it was the lawyer who per, uh who was the uh DA at the time that went oh. to took her to trial the the <laughs> district attorney the assistant district attorney yeah. and he had become a teacher of law and she was taking this law class and uh he saw the change in her through Jesus Christ. He saw the change in her. Mm-hmm. He was the biggest advocate when it was time for her parole um, to fight. Uh, he wrote a letter to the parole board. Um, he was there at her parole hearing. He was the other th- and then a few other people. But he was the biggest advocate for her because he saw the change. And he knew that she could be a, a valuable member of society. And she won her parole or... She either won her parole or the conviction was the uh conviction was overturned. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And uh now she's out. She married a good Christian man and they go around t- uh touring and telling her story. Yeah. And it's just you mean just just one example of what Christ can do in a life. That's, oh yeah. That's one example. I so. mean that kind of uh mirrors the example that he made of Paul. Right. Right. <laughs> How he turned uh, Saul to Paul. Yeah. I mean, Paul was the biggest persecutor of Christian. He says, of, "I'm the biggest Christ followers. I'm the biggest hypocrites of hypocrites." Yeah, and I mean, you hear all the time when people say, "Well, I don't want to go to church, or I don't want to become a Christian because they're all hypocrites." You know? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. 
Exactly. I mean, everybody's, everybody's a hypocrite. A hypocrite. Right. I mean, you don't go to a to a gym and say, I'm never going to go to the gym again because all I see is fat people in there. Or skinny well, people. No, because no. all I see is fat people in there working out. Well, duh. If there wasn't a gym, then there wouldn't be any people working right. in there, working out in there. Like, that's, that's what I thought of. Like, when people say, oh, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Well, that would be just like me saying, I don't go to the gym because it's full of fat people. Well, they're working out to become healthy. That's why a gym is open in the first place. It's the same concept of going to church. Hypocrites go to church to find Jesus, to find the word, right. to, to um, hopefully get something out of that word and work out and it's to not, where they become healthy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about going to church. No, the key here is the relationship with Jesus Christ. Having the Christ. relationship, building you that go, relationship. Yes. The reason we go to church, the reason we're active in our church is because we do it because we love the Lord and we have an abiding relationship with Him. Yeah. Um, I am not one to say that everybody needs to go to church. There are people out there who can find, who have found Christ that don't go to church, and that's perfectly fine. Yep. And there are people out there that, um, uh, don't go to church or they do online church, which is fine. And I know that they have an abiding relationship with Christ. Yeah. And that's fine because that's what it's about is the abiding relationship with Christ. Right. And um, just to kind of close out this episode, I just wanted to go over the that last point, the hope, which is a hope that passes like every circumstance because in Ezekiel 37 it says you know the caption says the dry bones live and dry bones if you would think about it dry bones would be like the most thirsty (laughs) like it would be the last phase before turning to dust Right. right like I'm sure you can pick up a dry bone if you're strong enough squeeze it and it would just pulverize in your hands because when dry bones get dry they're super dry and they just turn to dust so I love the fact that um, the Lord you know he has he has picked somebody out to um, share his word it says the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones and that's how what we experience right now in this world, it's full of dry bones. Mm-hmm. And um, then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there are very many in the open valley. So there's still a lot to be done here. Great. There's still a lot of people to talk to. And there's still a lot of people to um, listen, hear the word. So it says there are very many in the open valley. And indeed, they're very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God you know, only, you know, only you would know. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what we're doing right now. We're trying to, to reach out to those dry bones, hear the word of the (coughs) Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. So there's always hope in the word of Jesus Christ. There's always hope in the word of God. And it says, I put I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover your, cover you with skin and put full breath into you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. There's that I am right. the Lord. I love that. And that's what I'm saying. It's like a little treasure map. You go from the New Testament to the Old Testament right. to the New to the Old and it's all there because it's living and it's breathing. And it's not a coincidence that hope... <laughs> 
is one of the uh, final gifts um, of the three. It says, but now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Mm -hmm. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 13. That's the love chapter. Yeah. If you get a chance, go read it. It's great. But salvation, you have to have faith. After your faith, you have hope in Jesus Christ. And that, when you have that faith and hope, you have love. love. And the greatest of these is love. Amen. So Thank I think you. it's time for us to uh, wrap up here in prayer. <laughs> so we're going to all pray again. Lead us out. Abba Daddy, Lord, I just thank you for this podcast, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to uh, get to share your salvation, Lord, to a lost and dying world. And Father, I just pray that if anybody be listening, Father, who doesn't know you as Savior, that they would see that today is a day of salvation, Lord. Yes. And I know you promised, you said that, uh, you know, Paul, uh, Paul planted, Apollo swattered, or Apollos watered, Paul or Paul planted, Apollos watered, but you gave the increase. You're the one who's going to reach this lost and dying world, not me. I'm just here to plant the seed. Father, you're going to be the one that makes it grow. And Lord, I just pray for those who are lost, Father, in our families. You know who they are. You know who we've been praying for, Father. And I just pray that they would find you a Savior. Yes. Lord, you know who those are. I'm not going to call them by name. But Father, I just thank you so much and I praise you and I love you and I thank you for your salvation. And I just ask all this in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen. All thank right, you, you guys have a good week. All right, see you later.